Welcome to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. The Pharmacy Future Leaders is part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, focusing on pharmacy student perspectives, interviews, and the future outlook of our pharmacy industry. Hi, this is Kevin Hope. I'm a pharmacist and clinical pharmacy education specialist with PharmConFreeCE.com, and you are listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I am your co-host, Tony Guerra, for the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, broadcasting from the Des Moines Health and Public Services Building at DMAX Ankeny Campus. Connect with me via Messenger on Facebook at TonyFarmD1, or you can find over 1,200 pharmacy videos at TonyFarmD on YouTube or my website, MemorizingPharmacology.com. Kevin T. Hope, RPH, is a clinical education specialist with the PharmCon team in Conway, South Carolina. He served as an adjunct faculty member for the South Carolina College of Pharmacy. Most recently, he has directed the Pharmacy Technology Program at Ori Georgetown Technical College in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and he received the Pfizer Leadership Award and Innovative Pharmacy Practice Award from the South Carolina Pharmacy Association. He serves on the Professional Advisory Board for Paradigm Publishing, and Kevin's passions lie in helping students, pharmacists, technicians surpass personal education goals. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast, Kevin. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, I'm going to start you right off with everyone's leadership road is a little bit different. Uh, tell us what you're doing now and how you got to there. Sure. Uh, right now, I am working with FreeCE.com as a subsidiary of a company called PharmCon, and we offer continuing education credits for both pharmacists, pharmacy technicians, and also nurses. And so this is a, a new role for me. This is one that I've taken over, but... Uh, Education in itself is not a new role, um, but certainly uh, one that I have uh, enjoyed over the years. So uh, just, just to give you a little bit of background of kind of how I got into uh, education, uh, I was started in pharmacy many, many years ago uh, in the 90s, and I became a pharmacy tech. And becoming a pharmacy tech at that time just meant that I was working at Ecker Drugstore, stocking candy one day, and someone in the pharmacy quit and they ordered me a white lab coat and a little sign that said pharmacy technician with my name beside it, and that's how I became a pharmacy technician, and that's how I became interested in pharmacy. Uh, fortunately, we're kind of moving away from that, and I am uh, ecstatic to really be kind of in that effort and to help move pharmacy technician education along to the next step, as well as our, a number of people uh, in our uh, profession, in our community. And one of those things is through uh, continuing education. So my own path through education kind of uh, went through uh, pharmacy school, uh, stint in retail with Ecker Drug, and then I started working in a nuclear pharmacy in Charleston, South Carolina. And at that time, there was a, an authorized user program at the Medical University of South Carolina, and the instructor who was teaching that program had to leave, and they had a number of students who were in the middle of their program, and they didn't have anyone to teach nuclear pharmacy. So they called and asked if I, I would teach nuclear pharmacy, and uh, teaching was some, not something that I had done before, but as I started doing it, uh, it was something that I really enjoyed and something that our, con our company continued to offer there uh, for a few years. And that's kind of how I got into the aspect of teaching. And when the uh, position came up at Ori Georgetown Technical College to direct the pharmacy technician education program there in Myrtle Beach, uh, my family and I moved to Myrtle Beach. And uh, that's ultimately how we ended up here on the South Carolina coast. 
I talked to Brandon Dyson of TLDR yesterday, and uh, although these podcast episodes will be maybe a week apart, uh, and he said that he had initially had not much interest in oncology, but the opportunity came. So it sounds like you were really flexible and open to opportunities coming out of pharmacy school. Um, how did you get that nuclear pharmacy opportunity? Because so many people are looking for kind of that specialist opportunity. What was it that happened that this opportunity came to you? You know, and that's a great question, Tony. And, and I think a lot of times it's just kind of being uh, brave enough to step out of the box and try something new. Uh, to be perfectly honest, and and in my case, I think um, I was more kind of uh, uh, forced out of the box because I was just getting so excruciated with uh, things that were going on, like in the re retail setting at that particular time, and uh, particularly within our company at that time. And I was really just looking for a way out. And um, I had, you know, kind of this is what I'm accustomed to doing. This is what I know how how to do. Uh, it was a big step to go into something that I really knew very, very little about at the time, and that was nuclear pharmacy. Uh, but I had a friend who was working in the industry, and they had a position come open. He called and said, hey, I think you would be really good at this. Uh, is this something you would be interested in? And uh, because of all the other things going on, I was like, yeah, let's uh, let's go through and check this out. And 13 years later, uh, I you know uh, worked in nuclear pharmacy for 13 years, and uh, not anything that I regret at all. And so it really is uh, quite often just a matter of having the courage to, you know, kind of step outside of your comfort zone a little bit and look in and say, okay, what else can I do? And you'll be surprised often what you can do. I think I have maybe a kind of a sci-fi picture of what a nuclear pharmacist does. So maybe you could tell us what they actually do on a day-to-day -day basis. I, I have this just picture of someone walking into this very concrete compound with the you know hazard nuclear sign on the <laughs> on the door. Uh, they go in through you know many security checkpoints. Uh, they go into work. They're not allowed out for maybe a couple of days, uh, and then you know things happen. So what what does a nuclear pharmacist actually do? What's it actually look like on a day to day basis? Because I have no idea, and I I would really love to actually maybe you know know what that is. Sure. Well, aside from not being uh, let out for a couple of days. Um, the, yeah, <laughs> that part of it may be true, um, but uh, it is. It's one, and I, it's one that I found that you know many of our professionals uh, within our profession didn't understand what we did. And you know, and quite frankly, I didn't understand what I was getting into when I signed up to be a nuclear pharmacist. Um, nuclear pharmacy is a uh, niche within the profession that uses sort of combines the skills of like in radiology with the skills of pharmacy. And so most of the time we're looking um, for um, uh, an agent that's going to be used as a radio tracer. Uh, so for example, let me give, uh, I always like to use this particular example. Nuclear pharmacy is really good at determining function. So it's kind of like if you were driving your car and you break down on the side of the road and you pop the hood and there's so much you can see. And sometimes you can see like, okay, there's a belt that broke here and this is exactly what happened. Medicine is the same way. You know, patient gets sick and quite often they can go and they can do something like an ultrasound uh, and they can see, okay, yeah, there's gallstones there in the gallbladder. We see what's wrong. Uh, but often, th th you know, that's not the case. Just as like you break down on the side of the road, you may very, very well pop the hood and look in under the hood and see, that, you know, there's nothing 
uh, visually wrong there at all. And so you have to take the, you know, have the car towed into the shop and they put it on a machine and they're able to see what's not working on the car. And that's very much what nuclear medicine does. And using that example of the gallbladder, then we have an agent that acts like bile. So you can actually see the bile being ejected from the gallbladder. So this tells us like, okay, hey, you know, this patient has all these gallbladder symptoms. We did an ultrasound. There's not any gallstones. Um, in years past, they would have taken the patient's gallbladder out, and if that wasn't it, the patient's still sick, and then they say, okay, what else are we going to do? Now we can actually watch that gallbladder functioning to say, well, well, the gallbladder's working. We don't need to do that surgery. So uh, there are lots of different things. If there's an organ you have, there's probably a radio tracer for it, and um, every one of those uh, uh, almost exclusively is looking at how, the, how those organs are functioning. Uh, we also tagged red blood cells and white blood cells, which to me was fascinating that you can uh, isolate white, a patient's white blood cells and then tag those with radioactive material and see where, where it's going in the body. Uh, so lots of interesting things and uh, not exactly what most people think about when you say pharmacy, but it, uh, nuclear pharmacies are pharmacies. Uh, they are regulated by the state boards of pharmacy as well as uh, 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 many other regulatory agencies, as you can imagine. But definitely something that um, employees, uh, pharmacists, and pharmacy technicians on a regular basis. But no drive-throughs, no insurance plans. Uh, no drive-throughs. Yeah, no, you no drive-throughs, no insurance, <laughs> no insurance plans. Yeah, the the customers, if you will, are the the hospitals and the cardiology clinics, the endocrinology clinics, all of those things. And so, uh, quite often, the nuclear pharmacists will get contracts with a big hospital system, for example, and they'll service all of those hospitals. The other thing is nuclear pharmacies tend to be concentrated in big cities, or, or at least there's not an overabundance of them um, in, in the state. In South Carolina, for example, I believe there are maybe three nuclear pharmacies. And so each one kind of sets up and they'll serve a geographic area, like around uh, that you kind of draw a circle around you know, where you are. And that's uh, kind of how the, the pharmacies tend to operate. Okay. So you went from working as a practitioner for 13 years, but then you decided or had the opportunity to become an educator. And uh, this is, uh, you had 13 years, so you had the seven-year itch, said, nah, that's all right, I'm good. And then you had the seven-year itch again. And so now at around 14 years, you know, you made this transition. Uh, tell me a little bit about that transition. I know some people are looking to transition out of a job that maybe they did enjoy, uh, but they're just looking for something a little bit different. Uh, tell me what attracted you to the pharmacy technician educator role, and then, uh, you know, how how was it making that transition? You know, it, it, <laughs> I you know I am not one for um, normally to embrace change, and it, it's hard. Like when you you know, kind of dawning when you're looking at okay, well, I'm going to go from you know what you know I know I'm doing this is working well for me, to you know I'm not sure how this is going to work. Uh, but in every case that, that I've stepped out and kind of made that decision to say, okay, I'm going to do what I really want to do and kind of put these other variables to the side, I've never regretted it. And the same was true moving from uh, uh, from the position in, in nuclear pharmacy then to uh, the role with the pharmacy uh, uh, directing the pharmacy technology program at uh, one of our local community colleges. 
teaching for me was something that I had really enjoyed when I was working with the medical university through the nuclear pharmacy program. And it was one that I was continually seeking opportunities for. I was asked a lot to do different continuing education programs. I did some training through our nuclear pharmacy uh, workplace uh, for other people to go out and give continuing education programs across the country on nuclear pharmacy. So it was something that I was always trying to kind of work into my uh into my job, if you will. And so when I saw this opportunity come up, it was kind of like, this is exactly what I want to do. Uh, there were lots of variables. It meant moving, it meant all of these other things. And so um, the next step was like, okay, you know, let's uh, take a deep breath and let's, uh, let's do it. So then you go from becoming an educator in an institution, but now you're uh, really, your work day is education every day on a very different level, and I feel like it's a, a national level uh, where now you uh, are able to articulate all of the skills that you've had over the years. And, and you've been in pharmacy a long time, right, since high school, and so now you're able to take that. Um, tell me a little bit about your role now uh, with uh, Free CE uh, and how this um, kind of evolved or it kind of evolved as, as your path, because uh, what I'm finding is that. There's the path that you think you're going to take, and then there's a the path that you actually take. So tell me a little bit about this path that you've actually taken. Absolutely. And uh, I'm the prime example of that, and that is, you know, we moved, uh, a family moved to the Myrtle Beach area for the, um, uh, to direct the pharmacy technology program here at our local community college. Uh, it was within a couple of years, you know, enrollment numbers were low, which has been a, you know, a, a common uh, problem among uh, programs across the country, as I understand. And um, they decided to um, discontinue the program there at the college. And so now it's like, okay, now you have to look back and say, okay, well, should I have done that? And you can look back all that you want, but, you know, in the end, everything is an experience and everything kind of leads, one thing leads to another. And I wouldn't trade the experience that I got there in that role for anything. Um, it led ultimately to um, my uh, position here at FreeCE.com. We're located just outside of Myrtle Beach. And again, as you said, it is a national company uh, and we provide <coughs> continuing education uh, programs for pharmacists, technicians and nurses. And uh, so part of my job here is to uh, put together programs that are of need. And there are you know, states across the country that require different things. Uh, most recently, for example, we have uh, Florida is renewing at the moment. And so the state of Florida requires a uh, two-hour education program in medication safety. And so that was one of the initiatives that I put here. One of the first things that I was asked to do was to put together a two-hour program on medication safety. I always learn so much when I go through and start researching these things. And I really enjoy putting the uh, programs together uh, for people. Uh, the other thing that I do is um, if we have a topic that comes up that, that I am not uh, by any means the expert on, if we have, you know, say, a need for uh, an oncology topic, for example, that, that would not be something that I would feel real comfortable jumping in as the uh, expert, so to speak, to deliver a continuing education program on, on, on oncology. But, you know, we have lots of resources, and so I would reach out and find someone who would be able to do that as, uh, you know, as an adjunct speaker for us. So, so my role here is a little bit uh, uh, two different pieces, if you will. And so it's putting the CE programs together, you know, presenting the CE programs in a live format uh, online, and then finding speakers for some of the programs. So tell me a little bit about this creativity component. When you think of 
pharmacy school in terms of the pre-pharmacy, you're required to take X classes, then you get in. And then in pharmacy school, in many ways, it's, it's really scripted, no pun intended. Uh, but then when you get to that fourth year, you have some flexibility with your experiential learning. There are certainly required ones. But nowhere in there is really this kind of design thinking, creativity thinking, uh, learning, you know, Maslow's hierarchy, those types of things with education. Uh, how did you become an educator? How did you get your creativity component? Uh, because it sounds like that's really satisfying to you. Uh, but how did you uh, get that training or how did you learn all of this? You know, and, and a lot of it uh, was trial and error, you know, finding what, what worked with students and what didn't, uh, you know, that would, you know, come up with some great ideas and then you present those in the classroom and say, hey, well, you, you know, that really did not work very well. So I'm not going to do that again or I'm going to try it th this way. And so some of it was uh, some of it was trial and error. A lot of it was watching. Watching other people, uh, I uh, learn a lot by watching. And so, if I see uh, a presentation being made that's real engaging, that kept my attention, I try to think, okay, well, what are some of the things they did? They started with, you know, a real strong opening. You know, they did this, they did that, and those are things that I try to emulate. And so, when when I see um, something that I like, it's uh, something that I try to incorporate into my own style. Now, when I was at the uh, community college, one of their big efforts was like on education because as you can imagine many people who teach at the community college level don't have training in formal education and uh, training in education they have training in whatever they're teaching whether it's nursing or pharmacy or phlebotomy or whatever and so they did offer lots of different sessions on kind of ways to go about uh, teaching and strategies to use and i found those fascinating some of them i adopted and some i did not um, but I always found it interesting to kind of look at and uh, get people's different perspectives and find out what works, for, what's working for them. Um, so uh, now you, you know, you've, you've got this job that, um, you know, you, you've got autonomy, you've got this creative component. I guess, what would you tell someone that's coming out of uh, school? You've got this kind of jagged, you know, way of getting to where you got. But if looking back, uh, how would you... Uh, tells the student to get into a position like this because you know I have a unique position one of the only ones in the state sounds like you have a unique position uh, was the board was the I don't want to say the board of pharmacy but the um, uh, South Carolina Pharmacy Association a part of it uh, what what do you think uh, would be best advice for students coming out now yeah my best advice for students coming out would be just not to fear uh, kind of moving forward and uh, by that, I mean, you know, if it means uh, taking a job that's not necessarily what you really want to do at the time or kind of what you envision for yourself and you uh, need to take that, take it and uh, learn from it. Everything you do is going to be a learning experience. If you uh, if the creativity is, is your thing, like putting uh, programs together or organizing things, uh, find ways in your own uh, corporation to do that. Uh, I was reading an article the other day, and they were talking about being an intrapreneur, and I had never heard that word before. But uh, you know, entrepreneur we're all familiar with, and that's someone who goes out on their own to you know to open a new business or whatnot. But there's the whole idea of being an intrapreneur, and that's uh, taking the resources that are available to you in the company and kind of saying, okay, what can I contribute? What can I do? Uh, you know, that's in within my skill set. What do I enjoy doing? Uh, so, for example, you know, at, at uh, our company here, I would look at things and say, okay, well, you know, we're not doing, you know, as many uh, uh, tech technician programs on this particular 
topic? Is this something that I can do? And I would go forward and present that as, a, as being an option and then look at, you know, kind of moving into things. So same with your, uh, wherever you are, kind of, you know, uh, you know, use the talents that you have, use the things that you like doing, use the things that you're passionate about doing and try your best to try to kind of get the, those integrated. If you can uh, talk those, uh, uh, talk some of the uh, supervisors into letting you give, uh, do some of these things. Most of the time when you're volunteering to do something extra, uh, they're going to be really receptive to that. So uh, that, that's my advice is use it as a, uh, even if it's not where you want to be at the moment, uh, use it for the learning experience that it is, get everything that you can out of it. Um, tell me a little bit about any involvement you have with the South Carolina Pharmacy Association. That Here in Iowa, we have a very strong association. I know the you know, number of the leaders there on first name basis. Uh, and it's very collegial. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about how the association helps South Carolinians? Yeah, the, the South Carolina Pharmacy Association, again, is kind of, you know, and all state associations are really um, a nice way to go about kind of speaking collectively as one voice. And so, you know, by that, I mean, you know, if there are issues that come up in the profession that uh, need to be addressed, you have, you know, all of these different people out there speaking, but if you can have the them all together, uh, speaking as one voice or as close to one voice as possible, uh, then that always like bodes uh, better in terms of uh, when legislatures look at different things as far as changing regulations, changing laws, or when like uh, anybody really looks at, okay, how are we going to change these things, whether it's patient safety or anything uh, uh, with regulation. So, so yes. Okay. Um, I know people might want to contact you, uh, whether about, uh, you know, nuclear pharmacy or understanding CEs, things like that. Uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Sure. The best way is by email, and it's just kevin.hope at freece.com. Okay. And then a number, you, you seem to have it together. Uh, I'm just always amazed at, at how uh, you know these kind of jagged paths get to this great career. And uh, it seems like you're so satisfied, so happy with what you're doing. Um, but what is it that's, you know, maybe your best daily ritual that keeps you on track, that keeps you uh, working at this very high level? You know, I think it's just that, that, that there's always something out there next. You know, is you, you put together like these ideas and we get ideas from, from our, uh, our clients all the time who say, hey, we need to know about this. We need to know about that. And I think it's the idea of really kind of staying on top of things and um, like, Hey, let's, let's, what can we look at? And we get questions that I don't know the answer to. And so I start researching to find out, you know, what the answer's to. And it's kind of like one of those, it's a rabbit hole. It's like one thing leads to another. And uh, before you know it, you're uh, really in a different place where you started out, but you've learned so much. And, and uh, I really enjoy putting that together in a format that I can teach other people. And because I think it's, uh, you know, uh, Things in the profession can get complicated. There's lots of different pieces, and to be able to kind of take those pieces and put it out and present it in a way uh, that makes sense and in a way that um, is uh, going to get people's attention, I think is, uh, is is I enjoy that and just uh, getting that feedback that uh, that pe people were able to learn, people were able to get that experience from something that I did. Uh, you had to have gotten some good career advice along the way. What's the best career advice you've ever received, or the best ad advice you've ever given? Okay. Um, you know, absolutely the best uh, career advice that I've ever received is to um, put the dollar aside and go with what you uh, want to do. 
Uh, I think a lot of people will get caught up sometimes in, okay, which, uh, you know, which of these paths is going to pay more. And a lot of people can be really, be really, really miserable and be paid a lot. And uh, quite frequently, I've found that it's uh, better sometimes to, uh, you know, take that step back, you know, look, say, okay, what do I really enjoy doing? What, what, you know, what makes me want to go to work every day and do those things. And it may mean, it may mean that you're not making as, as much money or that you're not doing as much as that you may have done uh, going another route, but I've never regretted like following the things that I want to do. Yeah, I've the had things a that I'm of, passionate about. I've had a couple of days where I've looked out that drive-through window, like, mm, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what, uh, what, what inspires you? Um, I am, I'm really inspired by uh, people being. Let's see how to go about saying this. When I when I have students who thought that they could not do something or they kind of come in, they're very apprehensive about uh, even taking on a pharmacy technician training program or, you know, going into a you know, to school in general. And they'll say, you know, I'm really bad at math. I can't do math. And to, to see that student kind of unfold and to be able to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. You know, I got this. It's kind of like, you know, when you're a father and you see your kid like take off when they've got like riding the bike for the first time. And I really enjoy that. And uh, I want to see it as a challenge. Uh, sometimes when I, when I get the, you know, the students in and when I can see when I can work with those students and I can see that little moment where, okay, they've got it. No, and, um, that's you know, a it's a great time it, for sure. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, that, that to me is, uh, that to me is very rewarding. We've seen uh, people who, it, it truly has changed their lives in terms of what, you know, they've been able to do to provide for their families and uh, for, you know, even if it was just an encouragement to say, hey, I can do this and maybe I can go to pharmacy school or maybe I can be a nurse. Uh, it's just that, you know, little bit of confidence, that little bit of boost and to know that I was a part of like helping that happen is, is really, really special to me. I know Malcolm Gladwell calls something the tipping point where, you know, this, all of this happens and then, uh, you know, th things take off. But I, I feel like there's also that little nudge that was so important somewhere in everyone's life where somebody as a mentor or something was really helpful as you're talking about. And, and that's what it was that got them through. Well, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to us on the pharmacy podcast. And, um, I, I guess I'd, if I, if I had one other question that, you know, I just, Normally I end with there, but there's one other question that I was just thinking is that, so do you get to spend a lot of time, I guess, um, you're at a beach community and I remember living at the beach and never going to the beach. Do you get to go to the beach? Do you, is, is your, is your world, you know, close enough that you get to enjoy it? Yeah. You know, um, and believe it or not, yes, we, we do. Um, we, we go down to the pier, probably more than we go down to the beach, even though I guess it's kind of sort of the same thing. Uh, but, we, you know, we live probably, our house is about 10 minutes away, and um, they have this just great atmosphere there uh, where, you know, there's live music almost every night, and it's just a nice place to go and relax. So we go there for uh, that reason. It's a great place to be. Um, uh, given our storms, uh, recently, it was kind of, you start questioning, like, uh, whether it was wise <laughs> to have a house four miles from the beach, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a fantastic, uh, place to be. And, uh, uh I, I love it. 
All right. Well, thanks again for being on the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you, Tony. It's great to talk to you as always. Thanks for listening to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. Be sure to share the show with the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.